Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. You know, Joe, last week we did not have a guest, unfortunately. And so because of that, that shame that we had of not having anybody on, I, I had somebody all lined up right <laughs> from the get-go. Um, but I went to find them on Sunday, actually. I went to, you know, confirm with them, and, and they were gone. So instead of Jesus this week, we've got, <laughs> we've got Hayden Price back on the show with us. Yeah, hello, guys. Great to be home. I don't know if you quite stand up to, um, you know, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, Easter was this weekend. Um, we've had some other stuff happen this week. Shocker, shocker, we're talking about Ukraine again. It's been a little bit. We've had a, a good little pause, but we're back. Um, as I'm sure a lot of you have heard, there's some stuff going on with Bud Light and their new trans uh, spokesperson. And then last, we've got um, some discussion about whether Biden's going to run again in 2024. So I think that we can go ahead and just jump right into it with some of this um, scandal going on in Ukraine, Joe. Yeah, so uh, Ukraine, a lot of, lot of big stuff happening there. Some uh, A story involving secret documents, uh, uh, exposés, uh, some, some never-before-seen info, some Easter eggs, as some, some might say. Uh, but yeah, no, the, uh, this made news when chairman of two key House committees handling military and foreign affairs uh, now say that they want answers from the Biden administration regarding the ultra-sensitive security documents that have been leaked on social media. Uh, this was uh, only just recently, uh, actually this week. Uh, some of these documents that have surfaced online dealt with the war in Ukraine and were labeled top secret. So uh, some pretty serious stuff, uh, definitely in, in potentially in the wrong hands. Uh, the documents, which appear to date from February and March, detail many of Ukraine's perceived military shortfalls as Kiev uh, prepares for a spring counteroffensive against Russia. Um, several of the classified documents warn that Ukraine's medium-range air defenses to protect the frontline troops will be completely reduced by uh, as early as May 23rd. Uh, this suggests that Russia could soon have complete aerial superiority and Ukraine could lose the uh, the ability to amass any sort of ground forces for their their counteroffensive. So you know, no one's no one's verified. Like you know, are these like legitimately uh, uh, from from the State Department? You know, uh, government stuff. Except for the government, who has been very eager on making sure that none of these see the light of day. Very protective of this information. Uh, like I said before, uh, two two key House committee uh, chairs have been. Uh, vocal on, you know, investigating where this leak came from. So uh, definitely some serious and probably legitimate stuff going on. Um, I think it's interesting to, to see that, like, uh, you know, these documents clearly say that the U.S. is is not as confident as it is uh, projecting itself to be mm -hmm. in uh, the Ukrainian war effort. This is, you know, including the fact that we're basically fighting, we're basically using them to fight a war with Russia. We, we've given them $100 billion dollars. Uh, more than we've armed them, we are giving them all of our uh, latest uh, cutting-edge military technology. Uh, really, really, I think I think you could make a solid argument that we're the reason, as well as the rest of NATO, uh, are the reason why Ukraine has been in the fight this long. And you know, one could also then turn that into an argument that we're we're prolonging this war longer than it needs to be. And uh, you know, one must ask why we're doing that if we have such low confidence, uh, according to these leaked documents that. Ukraine is actually going to do anything meaningful. In addition to this assessment of the Ukraine war, the documents also included uh, intelligence actually gathered on allies. And this is actually, you know, leading to some controversy. At least two of these documents detailed internal discussions among South Korea's officials concerning the U.S. pressuring the East Asian nation 
uh, into uh, helping supply weapons to Ukraine uh, amid Seoul's hesitancy. Uh, the information was reportedly based in part on intercepted communication signals. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we are we are now doing espionage work on allies who uh, don't really want to uh, participate in our little our little war game that's going on in Ukraine. Uh, Yang Yuk, a military and defense analyst in uh, the Asan Institute for Policy Studies in Seoul, said that he doesn't suspect ties between the two countries. Uh, that they will necessarily be gravely impacted after this incident, but uh, the idea of espionage amongst allies uh, may hurt uh, South Korean opinion about the U.S., uh, quoted saying the alliance is still strong, uh, and then he went on to say, but I think the uh, Korean public is really upset that the U.S. is not trusting South Korea. So yeah, I mean, big stuff, not only in, as, as far as Ukraine goes, but like, how we're treating some of our some of our other allies here. I think that, you know, there's mandated programs in every middle school in the United States about peer pressure. But, you know, when it comes to, to funding war efforts, um, the U.S. can be, hey, why don't, why don't you guys give, give some money to give some guns to Ukraine? We're all doing it. All the cool kids are doing it. Um, but nope, nope. Um, oh, and don't worry. They, the U.S. government definitely does not spy on us citizens. They'll spy on their closest allies, on their closest <laughs> allies, yeah. not just citizens, but, you know, their actual governments. But there's there's no way they spy on us. Did you see they actually have special forces at the embassy in Ukraine now? Like American troops are on, in, in the embassy at this point? Oh, dang. I yeah. did not see that. I saw that this morning. There's yeah. Like, there, I, I mean... Uh, I don't know. It's it's it seems like uh, it, it seems that we're 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 getting a little bit more involved as Ukraine becomes a little bit more desperate. Um, you know, even further clarified in in these uh, allegedly leaked documents um, to a point now that like it's it's becoming a concern that our uh, our recruitment numbers are very far from where they need to be. And uh, you know, I I think that I think yeah, like like you know, we have we have now like boots on the ground technically in in our embassies in ukraine but also like you know we've been supplying ukraine with billions of hundreds of billions of dollars uh in taxpayer money we've been giving them weapons i mean effectively we are using them as a mercenary force to fight russia and you know as soon as they start losing or as soon as they we start acknowledging that they don't really have a shot against russia's war machine like you can't just pull out I, yep. In my opinion, like you kind of just damage control might yep. might end up being boots on the ground in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to send all of this money, send all these guns, virtue signal about, you know, how evil Russia is and how how the moral states of the West have to come to Ukraine's defense just to be like, oh, never mind. You guys are going to lose. We're out of here. N no, that's not practically going to happen. Um, I guess we'll see how far it escalates. Luckily, it seems that public opinion is very against um a full-on conflict. Obviously, some are a little more open to what kind of support we can give, but um, it seems like an all-out war with Russia fought in Ukraine would probably be extremely unpopular among the among the Amer American people, at least. Not that that is, you know, often what determines our our policy decisions. But I think you guys are all overreacting a little bit because you know we froze Russian citizens' 
MasterCard accounts. They're, <laughs> the, Russia's done for it. They're going to lose. that. We stopped them in their tracks with that. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Man, I, I've never done that. That's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, if you're looking for a way to drown out all of the sorrows, all of the confusion, the anxiety about this pending nuclear conflict, well, forget alcohol. Forget alcohol because apparently there's a massive boycott on, on Budweiser products, Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch products uh, after a disastrous ad campaign uh, earlier this week. So yeah, uh, uh, Kendall, I, I think you you may have uh, more, more of this for us. Yeah. So American beer brand Bud Light has come under fire recently um, after they um, put out a pro-transgender advertisement featuring the biological man known as Dylan Mulvaney. Um, who's recently underwent uh, facial sur- f- facial surgery? I think um, to look more like a woman. Um, how do we how do we go about this? The pro- this is the problem because like, <laughs> how do we refer to this this individual from for the entirety of the story? Because we could say we could say her, we could say she, and all the the right wing people would would get upset about it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there goes elephants in the room, you know, uh, <laughs> propagating one. the left wing agenda once again as they always do. Or, just say the last name Mulvaney. Mulvaney, but luckily, like, luckily the first name hasn't even. But then, changed the, in this but then case. we would be then then we would be invalidating trans issues then, right? <laughs> but if we if we like if we say like he like like biological oh, male if oh, we say we he say well I, I want to get a job after this <laughs> I, I you know so so what do we do what do we do? I think I think full name is is the best. Bet. <laughs> Anybody know his middle name or her middle name? Uh, uh, but anyways, Budweiser's parent company Anheuser Busch experienced a massive three percent loss in stock value. Um, or a $4 billion loss in the market cap this week um, following the stunt with signs that the stock price will continue to fall. Um, if I'm not mistaken, official sales reports from um, the weekend and last week are not in yet, but it seems like once they come in, um, it'll continue to be disaster for the company. Um, Mulvaney, who's 26, posed with a Bud Light can and a bathtub in early April <sighs> and what is shaping to be a failed Bud Light marketing attempt to alter its targeted demographic. You know, I'm really surprised i don't know why this wouldn't appeal to bud light drinkers i mean <laughs> um i don't know what they were thinking who who went out and saw you know like all the rednecks or all the frat boys drinking drinking bud light and were like you know what we need a transgender spokesperson that's that's the move uh but anyways the campaign was an instant disaster for the company which prov- which provoked furious backlash and an almost unanimous verdict among amongst its customers boycott the brand um, Enhauser Bush and Bud Light have been silent since the financial downturn. The only public statement came from a spokesman for Bud Light who said, Enhauser Bush works with hundreds of influence- influencers across our brands as one of many ways to authentically connect with audiences across various demographics. W- were they trying to pull in the, the White Claw drinkers? or? Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the brand's new vice president, Alyssa Heinerscheid, uh, discussed the decision to include the trans, influ- trans influencer in the brand's latest ad campaign, attacking the brand's reputation and core customer base for being too fratty and allowing customers to drink while enjoying out-of-touch humor. Um, We actually have some audio of that. Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of of out-of-touch humor. This brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. What is her definition of like out of touch humor, and like yeah. why is that synonymous with like former Bud Light drinkers? Yeah, like and is it like they're 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 the ones who are on like like uh like posting the 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 4chan memes, the <laughs> one that's like the the esoteric type. I don't know. 
I mean, I mean, even out of touch for me. Frankly, frankly, as far as far as uh, Alyssa, Alyssa is concerned, in touch humor is strictly Facebook memes, and uh, <laughs> you, you have know, the minion with the the, the text minion on the side. Yeah, <laughs> but also, what's her definition of in decline? I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bud Light is has been the number one beer in America for um, a good while. With I think Modelo is a close second, which is also owned by Anheuser Busch. Believe it or not. Um, but I don't know that you can say that it's in decline. I think it's pretty clearly that um, this Alyssa pre- vice president or whoever's in charge wanted to take it in a different direction, not because it wasn't selling, but because, you know, it, it, it wasn't woke enough. Um, Mulvaney has been in the spotlight uh, kind of a lot recently, actually. It was um, a little strange that this came up when it did, um, but we actually have the audio clip of one of the videos posted to social media about... Dylan Mulvaney becoming their new spokesperson. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So, I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud oh, Light sent good. me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Love ya! I Cheers. love, I love how keeps Dylan... Going. It keeps Whatever going. Whatever team you love, I love too. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Dylan. Uh, it, it, I, like how, I like how Dylan has to, like, affirm that Dylan is now a girl by pretending to not know what, like, sport March Madness is. How is this not, like, demeaning? I mean, the guy um, says that he identifies as a woman. Now, like, okay, if that's if that's where you're at, whatever. I'm sorry, Kendall. But... I got to correct you. Dylan says that Dylan identifies as a woman. <laughs> you're right. Dylan says that Dylan identifies <laughs> as a woman. And, you know, instead of dressing how he wants to she wants to dylan wants to as instead of you know dressing however dylan wants to or whatever it's immediately fit all of the stereotypes about women that you know the left claims to hate like oh you can't you can't be you can't be one of those um you can't make fun of women for for not knowing about sports or like like if a guy got on tv and made that joke he he would be done he would be fired but then as long as you identify as a woman, you can you can be as sexist about it as you want. I never really thought about that, but yeah, like like it's like if you're transgender and you're like male to female, the reason the way you prove that you're now a woman is like by embodying all of like r- the really negative stereotypes yeah. about women. Like that's that's really funny. Yep, and on just like kind of a darker level, there's also some videos of Mulvaney where he where Mulvaney pretends to he I, I don't know the exact story. I'm not you know a big consumer of their content, but he like dresses up as a, a six-year-old girl and like role plays as a six-year-old girl. And there's just something really kind of gross about a biological man who I, likes I to dress up as a, as a six-year-old girl. Frankly, frankly, Kendall, I think if you can't see how that's <laughs> affirming, how that's gender affirming, how that's, you know, our story, hashtag our truth, then frankly, you might be one of those out-of-touch humor fratty people that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Anheuser Busch has has made Public Enemy number one. True. Yeah. True. What demographic are they even? <laughs> yeah, like they said, <laughs> but we just our 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 uh, demographic is in decline. It's a beer. You're not gonna. That's the people well, that drink like how, beer. Even let's let's just is. assume that that's the case. Like why this this move is obviously going to make your current demographic angry. Like you know you wanna you wanna broaden the tent. You wanna widen the umbrella. Okay. 
But like this move is like really awful on the vice president's part because what it does is it like anybody, anybody could have foreseen that like this marginalizes your current demographic and makes them not want to drink your beer. I mean, you know, money doesn't lie. This does not help. This has dramatically hurt the the company. And absolutely no walking it back either. It's not like they were like, oh, we just kind of thought this was in line with our brand, but it was it was wrong. They said, no, no, this is not in line with our brand. And that is the point. Yeah, imagine okay. Bud Light being like, yeah, actually, we hate trans people. <laughs> That's a good point. Probably. <laughs> probably Please give us our likely. $4 billion back. <laughs> wow, they'll probably fire some of these people. Yeah. Possibly. Um, you've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Kendall and Joe, joined by Hayden Price. Speaking of um, old, out-of-touch humor, uh, I've, we've been wondering whether Joe Biden's going to run in 2024. Joe, I think you've got some information on this. So, yeah, I mean, uh, questions of Biden's potential bid for re-election have been raised once again uh, following his unorthodox statement that that uh, that he made when when you know that exact question was posed to him so we have that for you right now are you saying that, uh, that you would be uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024 well, I'll, either, I'll, either, I'll either roll an egg or you know, being the, the good you know the guy who's pushing them out come on <laughs> what? <laughs> at least sometimes like the stuff that he says is like okay i know you were trying to say like when he uh when he was running in 20 uh yeah in 2020 and he was on stage and he started saying the the pledge of allegiance or something like forgot it halfway through it's like okay at least at least i see where you're getting at but what is he talking about i don't know you got there's i okay i i know of some like diehard Biden supporters. And you know, when he made that statement, they were all like, yeah, he gets me. That's what I was thinking. Like, like, what are you even talking about? Push the egg out of the thing. Like answer the question. It's yes or no. Not like, where did eggs even come from? Like, it's cause it's Easter. He's talking oh about Easter. Goodness. He's, he forgot where he is again. He, oh my goodness. Get this man back to the white house. You know, so you had that, uh, Biden said, despite not having announced, he fully intends on running for president in 2024, surprisingly, like very surprisingly. Um, to uh, to echo that sentiment of surprise, we have uh, a statement from Tucker and Trump, who interviewed on uh, Tuesday night regarding this uh, this potential run and more 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 so this this particular announcement. So we have that for you. Do you think Biden will stay in the race? Look, uh, I, I watch him just like you do, and I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it, but I deal with other people. I don't see, I don't see how it's possible. And it's not an age thing. You know, like I say, I have friends that are 88, 89, 92. Bernie Marcus, Home Depot is 95. He's not too old. You know, his age, I think they do the age thing because I'm four or five years behind. They say, this is a way of getting Trump. Let's go him up. But there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer of talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, I don't think he can. So, yeah, I mean, talking about the eggs, this and that, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put talking about the eggs as the litmus test for mental competency <laughs> as if I don't if I remember correctly I think I, the first thing I said was was a joke about eggs so <laughs> we'll hold that we'll hold that maybe maybe as one of the questionable things that Trump has said but no I mean like he's saying like uh, this is uh, this is strange that you know Biden has been so adamant about his commitment to run again 
as more and more evidence of Biden's seeming cognitive decline manifest in a more evident way um, that, uh, you know, it's just it's just weird that like no Democrats have like jumped on Mm -hmm. this opportunity to like primary him. I mean, uh, well, you can't you can't jump. You can't primary him. And because let's be honest, the reason that anybody would primary him is because he is not fit. But the Democrats can't say that. You can't say that Biden's not fit. And if you primary him, you've got to come up with some other reason that is compelling enough to get people to vote for you without admitting that it's because he's not fit. Well, I think I think that's what kind of Trump was getting at, too, with like them trying to like kind of kind of push age into the issue. I mean, not only from the liberal side, but also like the conservative side. Nikki Haley's big thing when she announced was that, you know, she thought like Trump was too old. So, you know, they're definitely pushing that. Um, And like, you know, this is weird because consistently uh, Biden has been just, you know, doing abysmally uh, in terms of approval, getting uh, around hovering around 35 to 40 percent this year. Uh, compared to Trump's 40 to 45 percent approval rating at the height of the COVID pandemic. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like 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 we said, Newsom and other big Democrats have uh, they have said that they have no current plans to primary Biden. And uh, what's strange is that, meanwhile, the stage is continuing to heat up for many uh, of the, on the Republican side, uh, as many Republicans have thrown their hats mm-hmm. into the ring to challenge Trump. Uh, Tim Scott actually uh, on Wednesday announcing that uh, his presidential exploratory committee um which you know he is now considering entering the race as well so you know a lot of stuff going on there just but it looks like whoever ends up whoever whoever ends up uh winning on the republican side is going to have to go against uh you know egg roller joe or whatever you've been listening to elephants in the room on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm we hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode um if you've missed any you can always find us on elephants in the room transistor.fm we hope that you tune back in next week again this has been elephants in the room